This is a Lip Media Podcast. Lamely, this is the fabulous Adam Richard. Fab to you, and with me uh, is Posh Philip Lee Curtis. Welcome, darling. Welcome to me. I am a memoir. The meaning of the meaning of Mariah Carey. Chapter six for us. I don't know where we're up to in the book. (laughs) I've said chapter (laughs) ten. They don't have numbers, so it's just we're up to chapter Jandelion T, which is going to be. I should, like, trigger warning for so many traumatic moments this week. I have PTSD from reading the chapter. Oh. Like, I'm not sure I'm okay. (laughs) Like, this could get pretty hectic. This is the, you know, we thought Mariah had seen some shit up till now and suddenly we go, oh, I see why Alison hasn't figured in the rest of the book. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she's got her own terrifying chapter. Um, <laughs> well, we'll get into that in a moment. But first, you know, as as we do every episode, we need to get some Mimi moments. Mimi moments. Mariah has filled our cups this week. There's <laughs> so much happening. <laughs> just imagining Mariah wandering around with a jug, just sloshing it everywhere. Yes. Like, yeah, you can have that much. <laughs> She gives us a cookie, one of Mariah's cookies as well. Don't even with the cookies. I can't deal oh with the cookies. God. I need the cookies. She's finally <laughs> mentioned them on social media, so it's legit. I know. Um, and our so, new friend mentioned them. She's eaten a whole box. Yes, we will get to that, don't you? <laughs> that, that may be our lead story. All right, so our headlines this week, we have a few. Mm. Mariah has played a mini version of Versus with her own songs on Twitter where <laughs> Almost Home won every round, even the ones that it wasn't eligible for. <laughs> Uh, Really uh, or not really? (laughs) In my head. Um, Andrew Lloyd Webber has danced around with a reindeer dog to All I Want for Christmas Is You, which I can only assume means he's about to, um, you know, hit up a revival of Jesus Christ Superstar where Mariah plays every single character. She would be really good as Judas. She'd just be good as everything. That's true. All of it. She should play Um, all of them. (laughs) She could layer her own vocals. I was going to say, imagine the, the soundtrack. (laughs) <laughs> oh, by the way, just a, a quick sidebar I finally heard her layered vocals in uh, that last chapter When I listened to the audio yeah. book Like, oh man, she's gone to town <laughs> Oh my god, it was like Because remember at the beginning of this I was like, oh, you know, she's not really singing And now I have been proven wrong I've yeah. been blown out of the water She's like, she's, that's it she's gone, I'm going back gone and town. re-recording <laughs> <laughs> now, All I Want for Christmas Is You has returned to number one in the US as well as Woo-hoo! finally hitting number one in the UK. We're still waiting for it in Oz, but it has been here uh, number one the last two years. So yes. I think it probably will. will um, Mariah has also gone on a COVID safe tr- road trip with Dem Babies. I saw where- that. In Did a you yes? <laughs> and I know it just looks like they just keep watching the Christmas special on repeat. Like that's the trip. <laughs> they have a quick wave to Vegas. And then they returned to watching the Christmas. Was, was that a that was a, a sponsored post, wasn't it? Like I couldn't quite tell. Was she selling the van? What was she? <laughs> <laughs> 
What was she flogging? I don't understand. It felt like a sponsored post, but I wasn't sure what for. (laughs) And I felt like it just ended. I was like, I was waiting for more, but nothing happened. I would actually love to see um, an S Club 7 go wild style Mariah docuseries where she just goes to random countries and like, Climbs the Great Wall of... Uh, I can't speak now. The Great Wall of China and mm-hmm. just all these random festive things at Christmas. With them, and just, with them babies. With them babies. And like tries all these different countries' festive foods. Yes. Heaven. And <laughs> that just ends up only eating her biscuits. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for our foreign <laughs> listeners, biscuits in Australia means cookies. It's a different thing. <laughs> Yeah, I know. They probably think we're talking about scones. I know. Yeah. What you call biscuits, we call scones. Well, although they're savoury biscuits. Like American biscuits are savoury, whereas scones can be savoury or sweet, depending. Yeah. And we also still have cookies, which are different to biscuits, but they're kind of biscuit adjacent. Yeah. Well, I just call everything in that aisle a biscuit. (laughs) I I can't speak because my mouth is too full of eating them. Of biscuits. Um. The pub choir and the Queensland Symphony Orchestra have also done a cover of All I Want for oh. Christmas Is You, featuring thousands of singers. Have you seen this? Yes. Because I was hoping you hadn't, so that I could really surprise you with the, the special guest that pops up about a third of the way through. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. The one and only K-Rudd. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, of all the Australians, like, you know, well-known Australians, who do you think would be in it? And you'd probably say, you know, like Delta or someone. Yeah. And who Malboy. do you think would not be in it? Kevin Rudd. Kevin Rudd. Former and Prime he, Minister Kevin Rudd. Yeah, for who, anyone who doesn't know. I, I can't call him <laughs> K. Rudd because he calls himself that on the internet like it's Oh, fun. does he? Yeah. And I'm like, no, mate, you don't. See, we I just called think you K. Rudd. Rudd. You can't, you can't yeah, jump on it. Yeah, that's true. I just, every time I see him, I think of ha 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 from Rove. <laughs> <laughs> When he did K Rudd PM, Kevin Rudd PM, that was Nick oh. Maxwell. I've been sitting in his chair all week. Oh really? Can you tell? You have to share. Oh no, because he works on the weekly, and the weekly had wrapped production when I went down to Melbourne for a week. So I was oh. sitting in his chair. Anyway, it's. <laughs> I love Nick Maxwell. It just said Nick on it. If you want to um, hear any of Nick Maxwell, he's on a, a podcast called The Sweetest Plum. Uh, oh. <laughs> there you go. There's a plug for. A, I don't even know if they make it anymore. But just there's old <laughs> ones out there. You can download those. Be somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a fan has hung a Mariah ornament on their tree, which Mariah has now seen and declared, "I don't know her." <laughs> <laughs> this is such big news. My sister sent it to me. <laughs> she, it's everywhere. We've, there's an eyebrow in the middle of the face. Oh, it looks the, like it's been a little melted. Oh, one of the eyeballs is like well, the wrong height. Have you seen <laughs> someone has photoshopped a picture of Mariah to look like the ornament? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I need to. Oh, my God. I'll send it to you. It is Please do. Because you go like... It looks like Mariah, but it's just a bit... Oh, I see. <laughs> One of her eyes is wrong. Her hair's all in her oh face. My God. Like, it's just... And it gets worse the more you go around it. Like, from one angle, you start off going, oh, maybe that's not so bad. And yeah. hands. <laughs> you know, I just love that Mariah goes, this is not approved. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's pirate merchandise right there. Oh, pirate Mariah. Um, Mariah. I actually was... Um, was yeah, <laughs> I was listening to the podcast... Um, Table Manners with Jessie Ware and her mum, which is hilarious. Um, and they get different, you know, celebrities, singers and stuff to talk about, um, you know, 
their, their favorite meals that they've eaten around the world and, and what would their last meal be and all that. But they were talking, they had Kylie on and they were talking about, um, you know, the show that they went to 25 years ago or something mm. in a particular t-shirt. And I think they must have shown Kylie the picture. And she goes, oh yeah, the pirate merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't get paid for that. It was just, And it was just so like subtle. And then once she'd left, they were like, oh my God, I was so scared. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't approve that. Did one. they? Yeah. Was it in Melbourne? And did they buy it on the bridge on the way home? Like there was a car. No, uh, you, yeah, that is very common. No, they're in England, but yeah, I'm sure it was, it was probably on London Bridge. You know when you would go to like I remember seeing Kylie. She had like a general admission concert for was it Rhythm of Love? I'm very old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and on the way home, there was like this, like there's that bridge over the park as yeah. you're leaving the tennis center. And just a guy selling the dodgiest t-shirts. Yeah, it still happens. This is it's like a Melbourne thing. It is delightful. But um, before we get to our huge, super massive lead story, I also believe that that you Fab have a bit of a meme moment that involves an elevator from this week. Would an elevator. <laughs> well, filling the lamely. Well, Patricia Carvellis, who hosts uh, Radio National Drive at the ABC, um, and also she's on. She's got like. You know, she hosts various things on the ABC News on the telly. So whenever she's on the telly, she's always wearing some kind of like because she dresses quite um, sedately in the office. Mm. Whereas when she's wearing her news clothes, it's always really bright colours. And like, <laughs> I bump into her in the lift a lot when I'm working at the ABC on Hard Quiz. And one day <laughs> she's wearing some fuchsia thing. I was like, "Well, that's a nice dress." She goes, "Oh, I'd never fucking wear this thing." <laughs> <laughs> I love it when radio presenters swear Like still to this day It's like, oh you never swear in real life <laughs> um, But uh, anyway uh, Pat Scavalis was on Her Radio National Drive show They were playing All I Want For Christmas Is You And she had like a big 80s vibe t-shirt on Is jumping around dancing very, very energetically yes. uh, And Mariah retweeted it and christened her with big Christmas energy. <laughs> BCE, Mariah has when, coined big, big Christmas energy. <laughs> when I saw that comment from Mariah, I thought, oh, someone's obviously used it and she's now verifying it. But no, no, it was not mentioned. She has coined big Christmas energy it's, and oh. I'm totally into it. <laughs> I need to read that book. <laughs> Mariah's Big Christmas Mariah's Energy. Mariah's Big Christmas Energy. <laughs> How to pay your way to a decent Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> now, are we ready for our lead story? All right, lead week? story. Bring it on to A me. very uh, podcast personal Mimi moment mm. for all of us, which is that we have had contact from the second most important person related to this book. Mm. The first, of course, being... Mariah Carey. Her Royal Highness, the Mariah of Carey. But the- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was the of Carey that got me. <laughs> Mariah of Carey. Now, we had contact from our very own Michelangelo's Davis. Yes. I'm sure it's Michaela. I wanted to correct it. It is. No, it is. So, let me... Let me Take you back. Oh, paint a picture, shall paint I? Paint a picture. I was 
you know, in bed, there was, you know, fairies and stuff just <laughs> gathering around my hair, you know, giving me pigtails and, and whatnot. And I woke up <laughs> why did you, looking at Why angelic. did you let all those people over to your house? How many <laughs> fairies a, did you get on Grinder that night? It's been a long year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I wake up one morning and I and I don't have my, my data or anything on overnight. So right. I switch it all on when I wake up. And I see that I have a, an Instagram message. And Ooh. I mean, you know, I'm very popular. This happens yes, all yes. the time. It never happens. Um, but I kind of saw it and just I was half asleep. I didn't really click to what was happening. And as I'm waking up, I thought, oh, yeah, I'll have a look. And I was like, oh, it's actually not on my personal Instagram. It's on our show Instagram. Oh. I thought, oh, how exciting. Someone's, you know. Someone likes the show. They've out. mentioned yes. it. How exciting. So I click on and the name was sort of, you know, there was no capitals. It was just kind of a long name and I sort of didn't take it on board. But I saw that it was a verified account. And I've kind of had a quick, like a closer look. And Even I'm like, oh, I don't have a verified Instagram account. No, right? <laughs> fancy. <laughs> So I'm I not have verified on the other two. Yeah, I have, I have nothing. I, I am not who I say I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I had I was kind of looking and then I realized that it is Michaela Angela Davis. It's really oh, hard for me to say. I, know, I can't. Say I just want to say Michelangelo Davis. Um, <laughs> and she, it wasn't actually a direct message. She had shared one of our posts, which happened to be the posts that I had drawn of her as Michelangelo's David. Oh, yes. <laughs> but of course, when I've seen that it's actually her, I've thought, oh, shit. <laughs> what have we said that is so horrific that she's felt the need to reach out and tell us off? <laughs> I was like, is she suing us? <laughs> she's saying, please stop. <laughs> like, you guys are awful. I was really quite nervous. But- I, I, my, my number one concern would be, hey, white people, Stop trying to explain our experience to us. Absolutely. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And And I know we try not, we try to say this, we have no lived experience in any of these things, any of these race issues, and we are more than happy to, you know, if anyone wants to come on and help us, (laughs) please do. do. I think, especially because we started this podcast going, this will be fun. And now we get to this week's chapter and just want to be a puddle on the floor. Yeah. But. (laughs) I the, the the good news was she she was saying how obsessed she was with it and I was what? like oh my god how exciting uh, this is so fancy oh what a great way to start my morning so I've kind of left it at that I think I shared her sharing yes um and then I've gone about my day a couple of hours later I look down at my phone and there's more messages oh and they're this time they're direct I didn't realize there was actually some to my personal Instagram as well as the show one but oh. I just saw the show one um and it was M A D. As I'm, as I'm now calling it, um, <laughs> base. I don't want to. I don't want to share everything because obviously there was a presumption of privacy yes. in this conversation. Uh, but I can give you the the gist, if you will. I'll give you the gist before you give us the gist. All right, the good, gist. good. Um, but basically, asking if we one of us had done the artwork, and I said yes. That that is I, posh. Um, and she went on to say that it's genius. Oh, like like Mariah, come back from the past. Oh. They are so sweet and shady. So at this point, I've lost my mind. Um, she went on to... She pointed out the ATM with the wig as, as a particular favourite. <laughs> the ATM with the wig um, is still one of my favourites. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking... Just now she started listening to the show. Oh. Um, well, and, and said hello, hilarious. Hello, Michaela or Michael Los Angeles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know. I, she look. She may have gotten a few episodes in and go. Mm, I'm out. Yeah, no, now. I'm out. Now. Uh, I hope not. I hope not. But no, I think the the most Can't exciting. Can't listen to white thing, men anymore. <laughs> I think the most exciting thing was that she actually really got what we were doing. Like it oh, was. Cool. She loved that it was a little bit shady because that is in the spirit of Mariah. You mm. know, Mariah does but has also a, have a sense of humour. Very reverent to her royal highness, the Mariah. Oh my of goodness! Oh, I still can't deal. With I've been watching The Crown and now I'm just imagining <laughs> Mariah turning up and going to Kerry in the same way that uh, Prince Charles went to Wales. <laughs> and you know specific. Mariah loves The Crown. She would love that. Yeah. I think that's her name now. Um, but I, I, it was just so lovely. And she was such, uh, she was so grateful for it and really appreciated us making such an event well, out of it. And of course, I- I'm going, oh my God. I am very, very grateful to her work on this book. And, uh, yeah, and huge thanks for just kind of giving it, uh, you know, we know Mariah can write. She writes, she's a songwriter. But there are some kind of literary touches in this book that I feel, you know, like structurally from a writing point of view that I think uh, have probably come from Ms. Davis. Uh, so, yeah, as a, as a writer, to another writer, thank you for all of your hard work. It's, uh, it's a pleasure reading it, although we're barely a quarter of the way through. I know. I also love that you just equated yourself on the same level, like as one writer to another writer. Well, you know, you, you keep saying from one singer to another to Mariah. That's and true. And you haven't got a record. You're like Mariah's I, mother. Who's going to find you? Do. I almost do. I'm bouncing now because I'm excited. I almost have a record now that COVID's like, you know, opening up. Uh, <laughs> um, but beyond all of this, it got me. I was so excited because, of course, I've you know, got a book. Just, I'm going to hold it up now because I've got a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, with asses in the title. Makes a lot of well, sense. That, that, whatever book I ever wrote eventually was going to have that in the title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knew it would be on sale at Kmart, though? <laughs> but hey, at least at Big W, it's next to Mariah. That was well, your me. local Big W. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the only one. Um, but what was exciting as well, like, you know, the, Michaela came across it. We hadn't tagged her. And I mean, she could have been hugely offended by my image of her as... Michael, Michelangelo's David, but she loved it. And that's great because it's all meant with love. Yes. Um, but I went on to go down a little bit of a YouTube hole um, of Michaela just to get to know, you know, her separately to Mariah. Yeah. Um, and she's fabulous. I oh, got yeah. right into all these interviews and she's just very smart with a great sense of humor. And I'm like, Michaela, you can come on this show anytime you like. Please and thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. Please. More than welcome. <laughs> please. Especially to, like, tell us off about all the shit we're getting Oh, on. yeah. And please, um, please explain, <laughs> explain our, you know, terrible, terrible uh, <laughs> mishandling of race issues. Yes. And, and women's issues. And <laughs> there are many issues we have no idea everything. about. <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think that brings us to a little bit of a recap of, of our last chapter. It's uh, it's you want to recap? I've got your recap. Uh, so the last chapter was <laughs> a light of my life, 
where Mariah's mother, the opera singer, uh, met yes. a string of increasingly unstable men <laughs> and dared to compete with teenage Mariah whilst, oh my God. while singing over Michael Jackson. Uh, and in response, <laughs> decades later, Mariah laid down the tarp and dropped names from Marilyn Monroe to Joan Crawford, Pavarotti, Leontine Price, Oprah, even Claire Huxtable got a mention. <laughs> yes. She should always. Felicia Richard should always be in every time. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of vengeful name dropping in response to uh, one caustic comment of you should wish to be half the cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the gist is uh, Mariah's sister is a piece of work uh, and this is going to be very, very hard going. Uh, We have some very, very confronting images some really distressing themes and uh yeah uh when i read the chapter i had to stop about i'm gonna say 10 times i think i stopped yeah because i just i was already a little bit just flat yeah when i was reading it and i just i think it was a mixture of horror Mm -hmm. you know just reading someone else's experience um in certain spots relating to some of it. Oh, wow. Um, and being like, oh, I forgot about that. You know? <laughs> like, From your own uh, line. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Not to the extremes of this, but no. certainly uh, similarities. Um, and it just kind of kept getting worse. Yeah. You know, that crushing, oh, surely this can't get worse. I know. And it does. And, um, and yeah. And I, yeah. You just kind of like, there are so many close calls with another life for Mariah Carey. Like that Mm. you just go, oh my God, there. And I kind of, I really relate to that in my own life. But we will find out all about that now because we're going to break it on down. Break me on down. So we start with... Some lyrics from the song Petals from Rainbow, which One of my I think we, we might touch on because it does come back up. So maybe we'll touch on that a little more at the end of Breaking Me On mm-hmm. Down. I will say one of the things that I did find, one of the few things that I found funny reading this chapter was that I just didn't realise what a dandelion is. <laughs> like in my head, it was a different flower. <laughs> did, you think, so, did you think it was an actual daisy? I think I was Irish thinking daisy. of, <laughs> no, I think I was thinking of like Snapdragon or because it's got lion in it. I don't know. <laughs> But but also more more than that, I think I called the yellow flowers buttercups, and that's a different flower. Mm. Um, I didn't realize that the little yellow flowers are also the white sort of dusty flowers. Yeah, I didn't realize just like their their second life. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, this is fascinating. I'm learning so much already. Just about <laughs> botany. <laughs> <laughs> that was a different word just then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do lo- I do love that we get these touches. I don't know much about either. <laughs> I love that we get these touches. Like last chapter we learned the history of uh, racism in Springfield, Illinois. Yep. And this this week we learn the history of interracial marriage and the Loving versus Virginia case in the Supreme Court which made it legal across the country. Uh mm. because it was illegal. Like basically they had her parents had broken the law by getting married. It is Which is just bonkers. I just does I cannot even fathom yep. any of it. I know. Like uh It is I know. It given given the <sighs> world we live in now, 
it is completely flabbergasting. So, I mean, this is one of the things... Here I go off on one of my, my weird cul-de-sac tangents. <laughs> one of the reasons I get really frustrated with people who have know this, know that, know the other to various races on their dating profiles on mm. the internet. I'm like, do you understand you are reinforcing attitudes from, you know, half a century ago where it was on the record books that that couldn't happen? You, like, you can't say, oh, it's just my preference because your preference is... Like, some people can take that as uh, a sign that... You you want certain people not to be able to participate in mm-hmm. in this kind of life. So yeah, if you if you're not into someone, then when that type of person messages you, just go, you're not my type. Yeah, and that's the end of the conversation. You don't need to have a list of races with the word yeah. no next to it in your dating profile <laughs> and and body types and oh, all of it. Just and, just yeah. you know, you can be polite. You can just be like, oh look, you're not my type, but you know flattered and thanks for the thanks for the message i also think it's incredibly immature to completely um you know blanket say no to an entire an entire an entire race (laughs) yeah and but you know what i'm kind of like not that i'm glad that they're putting it on there but it it does make it very easy to spot the kind of people you don't want to associate with that's you're true. like, oh, you put that on your profile. Yeah. Bye. Oh, look, you've you got know. great abs, but your head is busted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, just very quickly going back to the the flower. Anyway, that's out, 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 the, the, out of the cul-de-sac. <laughs> yeah. Here we come. <laughs> so, sort of speaking of the dandelion having the more beautiful, and then and then it being sort of floating away as Mariah. Yeah sort of describes it as both beautiful and tragic. Mm. Um, but also that it can be a good thing, mm. um, but it can also be a, a weed needing to be uprooted and discarded. Um, basically, this is very much a description of Alison. Yes. Saying that she's like the wind, memories like thunder and lightning, where she's exciting but unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love early on how Mariah sort of talks about the family as, as uh, actually even before she came along as, as the, the group of four, but saying how bizarre she finds it to think about her parents being married. Yeah. Like, it's just some other Because she was, thing. what, three when they broke up or something? She was very young. Yeah. Um, and just hearing a little bit about life before her and that the family of four, um, as you mentioned, the, the laws prohibiting interracial mm. marriages and, and the kids having to say father and mother just to appear more acceptable. Yeah, to make them seem, you know, like they were an upper-class family. So they would. Yeah, it's just really strange. It's and she. I think she even used the the phrase "less disgusting." Yeah, like it's you know the neighbor. It's talking about the neighbors throwing raw meat with glass in it to their dogs. Oh, I know, blowing the up the car. Up. It's um, and then things she said that were happening within the family that she probably doesn't even know about. Yeah, like it's just you as as you know much as we talk about Alison and Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> You know that doesn't erase their experiences. No, and uh, and, and obviously uh, some terrible things happened to them. And you know you can see, uh, you know, at the end of the chapter that Mariah obviously has tried really hard over the years to help out in any way she can, but yeah. it's just not. You know, you know, one of the weirdest things about this chapter is I hadn't, and you know, without 
giving too much away. Um, uh, I hadn't realised the the salience of the chapter title until I got to the end of the mm. chapter. And I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, that is... Like, yeah. it's not until you go back and, like, just making these notes now, going, oh, I'll just yeah. make some notes on this chapter that's got, oh, my God, it's called that? <laughs> yeah. And it's not, like, the fun, like, oh, we're spilling tea kind of no, reference. No, dandelion tea for a very different reason. Anyway. <laughs> now, Mariah sort of does establish, well, a few things. One, that Alison and Morgan both believe that, that she had it easier than them, which is quite a common um, occurrence in families with maybe some distance between the, the, the ages is, of siblings. Is that and, in your family? Do you have that? Mm, <laughs> are you the baby? baby i am the baby by how many um, years uh, well there's a gap of 10 between the oldest and about four and a half between the next one right um as in between me that's there's quite a few of us but yeah. um yeah look i think what i would say is each one of us has our own versions of things yep. that happened um they can be quite different but i have heard more than once that i had it easier and I'm like, yeah, cool. I'll tell that to my therapist. Um, <laughs> well, and look, my my ex, who you know that I had a step monster with, um, he uh, was the he was the ninth in a family. Ooh. So, you know, there were a lot older kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> even though there were no big gaps, there were still, you know, he was the baby. And you know, I was talking to my therapist about it once, and she said, yeah, one of the problems is. All the older siblings think they had it easy because they were the baby. But in reality, the baby is handed off to all these different, you know, people that they don't realize are not their parents. So they start to see every tall person in the house as some sort of parental figure. And so they're kind of cut loose in a way from having one major parent. So, yeah, Yeah. it, it can be quite a distressing thing in later life to have been the baby of a family where everyone's old enough to look after you on their own. Yeah. And as um, we heard, Morgan was a terrible babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> and as we learn in this chapter, Alison is not much better. <laughs> no. Um, so there's also, this is kind of the first time that there's been real mention of um Alfred Roy's violence yeah. toward his children, except for obviously they touched on with Morgan. Yeah. Um, but simply with the phrase of, you know, Patricia saying, this one is mine, you will not beat this one. Yeah. Like, that was pretty confronting. It's very full on. And not sort of explored too much. Um, and I guess because sort of- she didn't, you know, like, as she says, I didn't know it because I didn't experience it. Like, yes. she was not yeah. alone with him that much. Um, because she was three when they broke up. But yeah, so obviously there was something that went on that caused Mm. both Morgan and Alison to become the people that they've since become. And yeah, I think there is a combination of uh, a violent father and also a mother that's not really stepping in to do anything. And a lot of... I think the thing that probably shocked me about that particular line was up until now... Really, the picture painted of Alfred Roy was quite positive. Yeah, you know, just there, a bit it wasn't perfect. Yeah, yeah, and yes, there was violence between Morgan and and Alfred, but a lot of that was pointed towards Morgan. Yeah, more than than Alfred. And yeah, there was obviously 
the things that happened um, when he was younger and, and accusations and things like that. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it was all quite positive and she painted quite a warm mm. picture of him with all the cooking and all that sort of stuff. So to kind of then get to this chapter and go, oh, hang on, yeah, maybe we don't like this person so much. It's, it's just, yeah. But also, you know, she, yeah, I guess we're seeing things through her eyes and how like all she knows is what she's heard as opposed to what yeah. she's seen and what she's experienced. And I think a lot of that, you know, seeing it through her eyes is the experience of this chapter. Like you do really feel like mm. you were sitting there in her body almost. Yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. Um, sort of watching it all unfold. Um, now she mentions really the only time that they had dinner was what she called a restorative dinner. Um, <laughs> is that- where, you know, the family were trying to see what, you know, whether they could stay together basically. Yeah. Um, and... Mariah was singing and, and Alfred Roy said that children should be seen and not heard, which I think is just ridiculous anyway. Um, <laughs> my but I just used thought to say to that my... to me all the time. Really? Yeah. Ugh. So I honestly believe that most of my noisy performance adult life is, <laughs> is uh, making up for lost time. <laughs> but just imagine telling Mariah not to sing. Well, like, oh. Imagine no, telling me darling. not to be hilarious. Oh. <laughs> 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 like seriously, the standing on the coffee table doing a show, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like Mariah decided in that moment, well, I'm going to go into the lounge room and just keep going. Yeah, and and sort of the the you know it's described that Patricia sort of gave a look. Yeah, um, that Roy was not able to to you know stop this. Yeah, but of course Morgan and Alison. It sounded like they were expecting to get in trouble themselves. Like it yeah. was going to cause some kind of bigger thing. Just everyone was going to get um, hurt because of this. Yeah. Um, I do. I, now, like, I was fascinated that she kind of pins it to this moment. She's like, they hate me because I didn't get in trouble for singing on that coffee table. Like yeah. as if they hate her now because of that moment then. Yeah. And it's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I certainly think that there is some correlation to maybe some siblings in my family who perhaps felt on the outside and saw me as the golden child and the spoiled one who was allowed um, to sing on the table who was allowed to sing on the table and and yet they're not me so they don't know what actually yeah. <laughs> was going on if that makes sense anyway and also but also uh, <laughs> like you know any kind of resentment about that from an older sibling, like even if they're only 10 years older, like when you're 10 years old, a 20 year old treating you like crap is yeah. really devastating. Like that is hard to get past. Like that is not. Especially when that's, that's the family, you know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you're born into that. That's to you. That's your normal. Yeah. Um, so to then be told within your own family, your other you know, and, and, or you're more, you got more of this and I yeah. am jealous of that or, and it's not something you've done. Like, and how do you understand that? At like four just or five go and tell, yell at my parents, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're also yours. <laughs> yeah. Now we sort of pretty quickly get to the part where, where they have, the parents have decided to divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, and that legally Morgan and Alfred Roy were not allowed to live together. Yeah. Uh, there's mention of Morgan going into psychiatric wards and the quote, Morgan was a crisis. Yeah. That really stood out to me. Yeah. Cause that gave a bit of where Mariah 
it almost felt like Mariah unfiltered. Like, because for a lot of this chapter, there was, she was actually quite, there was kindness towards the family and the siblings and, in, yeah. in spots. And I, th- I feel like, you know, as this chapter goes on, what we see is, so, I mean, it's only barely mentioned at the start, but, you know, like Morgan was a problem. So he had to be dealt with. Um, mm. Mariah was a baby. And so she had to be dealt with, which kind of left Alison ignored. Uh, and abandoned and neglected and, you know, feeling worthless is one of those things that can drive you to do horrific things in search of worth. So, yeah, yeah, I I totally understand her journey, as awful as it is. Um, I don't condone any of her actions, but I understand how she got to where she did. Yeah, from and I think that's what makes things like, you know, the way Mariah talks about everyone even more tragic because there is... Um, affection yeah. in there. There is sympathy. Yeah. There is understanding. Yet, that's not always enough. No. Um, she does sort of go on to say that Alison could manipulate a lot of Morgan. Yeah. And his outbursts and, and, and things like that. Um, sort of showing that maybe he wasn't super in control yeah. of his own issues. Yeah. And, and that's sad as well. Um, now, Morgan and Mariah ended up with Patricia, where Alison ended up with uh, Alfred Roy, mm-hmm. and went on later to say that she felt very tossed aside. Whereas Patricia has said, well, Alison chose to live with him because she didn't want him to be on his own. And really, both of those things could be true. Yeah, um, Both of those the, things the, probably are true. It's like, oh, well, yeah. I felt like I had no choice but to go to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, then we learn that... Alison turned in, you know, turned to sex to sort of get validation at fifteen. She was We've pregnant. We've all done it. <laughs> <laughs> you got pregnant at fifteen. Well, you know, they, they don't have the equipment for it, but you know, <laughs> I'm lucky. Nothing else happened, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Patricia sort of threw out the idea of an abortion, whereas Alfred Roy talked about you should get married and, and move to the Philippines with this man. Maybe to and- the Philippines at that age. Pregnant, like it's yeah. That is a that is basically your family saying you're too much to handle. Get out. Yeah, that and that's what she ended up doing. Yeah. Um, Mariah mentions the the baby shower that she had before she left. Oh, the creepy cake, uh, right? Oh, the baby um, doll on the cake. <laughs> Look, they've gotten worse since then. <laughs> There's now birth cakes. Uh, but just with babies and blood. <laughs> Yuck. But no, just like, I mean, the Mariah's description of this and her confusion about the fact that it's like, is this a wedding cake? Is this a, a baby shower cake? Is this yeah. a bon voyage cake? Like it's a, it's, it's all of these things at once. And, you know, she yeah. was a little kid and she didn't even understand the concept of someone gestating a baby. Let alone... No, exactly. There's a baby in there? This triple... What do you mean? (laughs) This triple-barreled weird going away party slash baby shower slash wedding present. It's not okay. (laughs) And sort of saying that I think the words were, is it festive or tragic? Yeah. Like, which one? I need to know. And all I could think of was her saying, it's bleak, darling. It's bleak, darling. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is... What ended up having Mariah thinking, well, that must be normal. Mm. You know, at 15, you get pregnant, you get married, you know, all of that. Yeah. Um, and she became quite determined to not make those choices, let's say. Yeah. Um, and it led to her becoming quite prudish, which I'm um, curious about whether that comes up later. Yeah. When, when it comes to her own relationships and, and things like that. Um, 
Now, what she has said when Ellison returned from the Philippines... Um, At the age of She 20. was different. She was... Yeah. Uh, I've used the word. She was hardened. Yeah. Like there was something much sort of tougher. And then whatever happened there led to her bartering with her body for money and drugs, which she did apparently for years to come. Yeah. Um, then we get this story about Alison's older boyfriend in his uh, 60s who... Now, I'm curious about this part from the audiobook because Mariah says that Patricia trusted him. So it was like... But trusted was in italics. Yeah, I, I, like, I think was, she said he... So she must... Like, because he filled the fridge with food. So she's like, so I guess she trusted him? <laughs> like, it's, Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was an odd... Choice, and I thought maybe in the book she was like trusted. Like, you know, <laughs> I was like, I need to hear. I it. will tell you, like, this is um, as hard as you found this chapter to read. Like, there are a couple of moments in this chapter where the, you know, when Mariah's reading the story, it sounds like someone reading a story. Like, yep. even though it's about her own life, it sounds like she's she's reading. Uh, even though she's you know doing a great job as an actor of performative reading but there are a couple of moments in this chapter where she the her her skin gets very thin and you can hear like it's almost like she may have started crying at the end of a, a passage and then yeah. the ne- the very next sentence starts with a, a a more upbeat sound it's like oh they've had to stop recording and start again yeah and it's yeah it's uh it's a very raw vocal performance. I, well, I don't even want to call it a performance. I think it's just she was very in touch with her emotions that she was feeling again. Um, like I, you know, I've been talking about this lately because I, I wrote a story about a really depressing thing that happened to me about seven years ago. And Wait, when did you meet me? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's vaguely related. Um <laughs> It's about someone we don't know. Um, anyway, oh. I was depressed. Oh, can you send me that? <laughs> I will. I was depressed and I was writing about depression and I started feeling it again. And it's like, oh, this isn't actually, I'm not depressed about anything. What I'm having is the the physical memory of a depression. Like, you know how a smell will suddenly fill you with a whole, like, you'll just be like, oh, I remember that time I was at that place and it smelled like this. Um, yes. And the same thing with this, like, it's like, oh, this feeling, this depressive feeling has just taken me back to that place, that really, you know, awful black hole of a place. And I honestly think listening to this, Mariah Carey reading this chapter was her just being in that place and feeling that, that betrayal by someone you trust, like that, 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 you know, looking back at this with adult eyes, you're like... You know, I thought all these moments were us having fun, and in reality, they were they were man- yeah, manipulative yeah. and awful. And yeah, it's it's a really, really it's it's probably even harder work as an audiobook than you found it reading. As text. well, I'm curious now because I will say uh, what you said about um, you know looking at things with adult eyes mm. and and f- the feeling. I think that's you know what I referred to before where it was like I was relating to certain things it was me maybe recognising for the first time certain things that maybe I had brushed aside or seen as acceptable at the time that I would no longer see as acceptable and also remembering actually I was 10 or 9 or 11 and I can't believe that certain people 
who were older, who should have known better, put me in circumstances that I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk into now as an adult, yeah. like, and going, oh my God, I'm so one glad I don't have to be in that place anymore. Well, yes. Um, you're, you, well, now also, you're old enough to be able to say no. This is why, you know, yeah. you can't consent below a certain age to anything. No, exactly. You can't consent to vote. You can't consent to disclose your private information and where you live. Like, this is why it's, you know, when people want to be on the internet, it's like, well, if you're under a certain age, you don't know that it's a bad idea to tell someone where you live. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> like, it's... <I> anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I I totally understand how you got to that place, and that is yeah, yeah. I'm not- and I think the other thing being forgetting how I felt back then, mm-hmm. but I was scared then. It's almost like you know you grow, you have to survive it, yeah. so you just push through. Um, and then I go, well, that makes sense as to why I've had to do so much work as an adult because yeah. those things actually were more traumatic than maybe I've let myself believe. Yeah. Um, but then I actually, you get, like you said, you sort of get transported back to that place and you go, oh my God, I was terrified. Yeah. And you I have, was scared and I thought that was life forever. And those feelings come back. Like you can't, like, you know, I guess, you know, it's like the, in therapy, they always say the only way to get through something is to go through it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I have to feel that again. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like that the first time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And almost forgetting yeah. that feeling yeah. a little bit because you had to just to get, through yeah, to feel and they're going like oh that. no it's still there i thought it was out um i i just keep thinking if someone's going to hear like you know people are going to listen to this and be like oh my god was it me and i'll just say yes it was definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a mixture of different experiences that i'm thinking of yeah exactly um, you and you come from a, bi- a fairly big family yeah? yeah yeah so it could have been all of them and none of them yes exactly <laughs> you get, now, who, whoever rings and said was it me you just go no it was the other one yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which other one? I'm not saying. Yeah, no, I can't say. But you, um, it was you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I didn't pick up your call, it was you. Um, now, <laughs> um, so yes, Ellison took Mariah to this this guy's house, and for just some reason, it's not even explained, decided it was a great idea to have twelve year old Mariah have a valley. I know. And that description now, of the, the Valium just coming on is like, the, whoa, yeah. I have been there. Now, I, I have never had a Valium, so I, I don't know anything about this. Have you not? But oh, no. You're going to throw your back um, out one time. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't. Um, now, you've just sort of said you have had one. So could you give me a, an idea of, as an adult, what that... Oh, the same what, as what she's happens. explaining. Like, I had the same experience because I was in such agony from my back being out. I had to go to the, hosp- the hospital, the doctor around the corner kind of bent over. By the way, I put my back out sneezing. This is... It's uh, not the first time you've done that. In front of fat people. Around the corner, <laughs> bent over. <laughs> Frequently been to the doctor, bent over. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I threw my back out sneezing uh, The horrors of being fat Because uh, <laughs> uh, it's like constantly working uh, I think thin people sneeze but Yeah, right. no, no But because your back is is in constant Because um, of all the weight you're carrying Like your back muscles are working a lot <laughs> To keep you upright um, So yeah, I sneezed and threw my back out I went to the doctor and they gave me the Valium and I was in such pain, I misread the the dosage. 
So it was oh, like God. one twice a day. So I took two. <laughs> so it was like maybe one three times a day. And I, was the, I thought it was three times. Whatever it was. <laughs> I took way too many. And was just like, whoa, this is really... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like have you ever had a sedative for a medical procedure like rather than an anesthetic you just have a sedative no i've only had anesthetic which is heaven <laughs> it's the same kind Honestly. of thing you're just like oh yeah <laughs> like it's just everything goes to jelly and you melt into the like her description of it was exactly what happens the scariest part is you know mariah had no idea yeah and it was just so um here's someone you trust yeah so you'll have this. And also, like, the very next passage, and, and, you know, I know it's not the very next day, but it feels like the very next day, Yeah, is Alison dipping her bloody fingernail into a bag of cocaine oh. and trying to get her to shove it up her nose. So that's the thing. So as Mariah sort of states, you know, the worst hasn't even happened yet. Yeah. So we have uh, what I'm in my head is a montage of Alison helping Mariah with her hair. Yes. They're going bra shopping, doing eyebrows. It's very, like... 80s sitcom like how isn't this fun where are sisters um or so she thought as she said and all of it and getting Um, juicy juice boxes yes of course at a brothel um (laughs) yeah (laughs) like when you the kind of pull back and reveal that all of this is happening at what is ostensibly a brothel you're like oh yeah then that's that's not okay yeah that's uh it's it's such a, a like it's a like, just from a writing point of view, just that sudden moment of like, oh, yeah, no, but we had good times, this and that and that. I mean, sure, it all happened in a brothel. And you're like, oh, yeah. no, this is... But when it's the montage with the happy music, it just seems so I wonderful. And yeah. I, I love Mariah mentioning that, you know, Alison had a beeper and only drug dealers, rappers and doctors had beepers yes. back then. Then, as you mentioned, we have the scene of Alison offering her a nail full oh, of cocaine. Yeah. Um, and I, I did sort of love the subtle um, mention of Mariah saying she doesn't know what would have happened if she had it then or ever in my life. <laughs> just to very, you know, firmly state that it is not something she has partaken in. Um, the only white powder she enjoys is the snow in the North Pole. Yeah. And that is not a euphemism. <laughs> She's legitimately been there. Um, she sort of goes on to talk about it. It was all a setup, which is her words. And yeah. she still has nightmares about this. So once we got to this part, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that's the worst of it. Oh, no. Like, because she's saying she still has nightmares about this time. The rest of it's just going to be, no. you know, oh, then this happened. Oh, no, no, no. Then we get introduced to boyfriend John, who is clearly a pimp. Clearly a pimp. Immediately, it's like, oh, no, he's a pimp. This is my boyfriend, the this pimp. This is my boyfriend, the pimp. Uh, <laughs> And one part of this story, when they're going to what we you know believe to be a brothel, yes, or as Mariah calls it, a whorehouse, yeah. <laughs> um, was Dolly there? She's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now the thing that really stood out to me, which is not really mentioned much, but uh, like as in it's not elaborated on, but Alison tells Mariah not to tell Morgan, yeah, which is saying he doesn't like John because he beat him at backgammon, which I was like backgammon, backgammon. Um, but what I thought was interesting that this indicated that Morgan cared about Mariah and would want her to not be in that situation. And also just... that he cared about Alison to some extent. And Alison, yeah. Um, like, this guy's no good. Stay away from him. But no. And, and yeah. Then we get the parts of Mariah having a private 
phone line, which, you know, when you first read it, it's like, oh, like a mobile, but it's like, no, no, no. It must have been a house Yeah, plugged into a wall. Phone. Yeah. Yeah. And that she would call Mariah, Alison would call Mariah at all hours um, with suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And this is a lot to put on a 12-year-old. Yeah. It's a lot to put on anyone. And, you know, on one hand, it's like, it's good that you were, uh, you know, searching for help, Alison, but maybe not the best place to go. But I mean, that's also part of that... Um... You know, I'm not saying that she was being manipulative by doing this, but that's part of that pattern of uh, I feel terrible about who I am. So the only thing I can do is to make someone else like me so that I'm not alone in this place. Like if I constantly berate her with my depression and my bad choices... And then hopefully she'll make all the same bad choices and then we can be together in this place and maybe someone will be worse than me mm-hmm. and I can feel better about myself. Yeah. Like, I think that's a, you know, simplification of someone's subconscious behavior. But I think that's part of it. It's like, you know, bringing someone down to your level so that you can, you know, get a leg up on top of them. And stand up a bit and go, oh, I feel better about myself now that I made someone else worse. <laughs> yeah. But I also think there can be, and maybe this is a projection on my behalf, hmm. but I think it, it can feed back into, you know, no matter what this other younger sibling goes through, oh, I still had it worse. Yeah. You know, I my life is still worse. Don't you forget it. Yeah. I'm going to make your life hell, but... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make your life hell worse. because, you know, you've had it so easy. So yeah. you can you can fit a bit of this in because I've had it yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> just as we keep going, Alison and John are coming to pick Mariah up, but there is no Alison to be found. That is not okay. Um, then all of a sudden, and of course, Mariah had up until this point said she quite liked John, and even though he had a gun in the front seat, even though he had a gun. Um, so yeah, she has a gun in the car with her and they end up going to what she sort of describes as a CD card game where she's basically crouched in the corner while people say Gruesome horrific things about her. To, about her that are very wrong and inappropriate. And there were guns there as well. Yeah. Because of course it was a card game. You have to have guns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, then, then it went to a drive-in yeah. where he proceeded to kiss 12-year-old Mariah, which is just the most revolting he thing I've ever heard. He sexually assaulted her. Yeah. yeah. And in in a place where people are as well, like, you yeah. know, and she sort of describes a man who noticed yeah. um, and was horrified and concerned and didn't really even have to do anything for apparently John to take the hint and, and yeah. drive off. But... I just, uh, I can't even unpack this. Oh, and then it's so, and then it, like the next scene is the the where they're playing Chasey, and John's driving around looking yeah. for her, and you're like, whoa, like that. Yeah, is... and she's like, he's got a gun. Like you know, anything could happen. I know. Like, lucky she had an excuse for hiding behind that house. <laughs> right. Uh, if any, if I ever need to hide, I'm just playing Chasey. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, Mariah's sort of talking about. Living in fear and not telling anyone. Yeah. Which is very common as well, I think. Um, and probably... Especially when you're the young, the young one and it's someone older than you and you're like, well, I don't want to get them in trouble. Yeah. And I want them to like me. Yeah. Because there are quote unquote good times. Yeah. Where's, I'm, I'm like, not getting another Juicy Juice box again. 
It was so. <laughs> um, and again, this is where I wrote in my notes before I had, like, as I was writing, as I was reading. Yeah. Surely this can't get worse. Oh yeah, no, it does. <laughs> now past me is an idiot um, <laughs> because present me is like, oh no, it did. Um, we have Alison coming over for a tea party at, at Mariah and Patricia's, um, and Alfred Roy calls, and there's sort of a, a bit of a oh, we don't neither of us want to talk to him. Yeah. Like it's going to be serious, all this sort of stuff. But Mariah eventually takes the phone and starts talking to him and he's kind of joking around with Alison, you know, uh, in a charades kind of style yeah. from what was described while she's trying to talk seriously to the dad. But then Alison's making throat slit motions, which Mariah said sort of indicated that she didn't want to talk to him or didn't want him to know she was there. Yeah. To me, I would have cried and run away. Um, <laughs> Cause that's scary. Like, and cause as I wrote, no, I think she means like this, that that kind of like oh see so I thought like you, like you thought like uh, straight across the throat right no I think okay. she meant the hand across the right. throat which means yeah no cut it off right <laughs> cut off the call yeah okay see so when someone says th- slip throat slip motions I think you're gonna cut my throat if I say <laughs> I um, saw it as like you know no terminate now that call. does make more sense that does make more sense. hand waving um, throat slip motion <laughs> but basically aside from the threatening to cut your throat part it seemed like a bit of a fun exchange. Between the yeah, two. Yeah, they seem to be um, playing around. So Mariah says, you know, she's sort of done speaking to her dad. And, and oh, yeah, Alison's here. Do you want to talk to her? Um, where, of course, Alison's quite natural response is to throw her scalding hot tea on Mariah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> again, you just kind of read that and go, what? Um and then the next thing, the doctor is pulling fabric. Yeah, it out sort of, of takes flesh. you through. Yeah, and the quote was, "I fucking loved that top. Now it was out of rotation, stuck to my back." So can I tell you that this was in the audiobook one of those steel magnolia moments? So we've had like this horrific thing that's happened. It's just awful and it's shocking. And then her going, <laughs> "I fucking love that top." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now it's out of rotation. Like it was like hit Weezer in <laughs> it's still Magnolias, where you're in tears and you're like, oh my god, I can't believe what's going on. It's like ah <laughs> Yeah. You know, I do always say I'm never funnier than when I'm angry. Yeah, it is because acid tongue comes out. <laughs> also because there's just been so much awful stuff up to this point that it's it's like a little pressure valve to go. Yeah, it's okay. Break that and then suddenly we get smacked back to something that I have found hilarious for all these years of Mariah saying I'm eternally 12 mm-hmm. and her saying this is why she's eternally 12 because she feels like that was the end of her childhood almost. Like that yeah. was... And that she's sort of frozen in that yeah. moment. And the scar um, that didn't grow for weeks. And like, oh, yeah. just... So Mariah sort of, we will touch on that more, but Mariah kind of goes on to describe Alison as the most brilliant and broken person yeah. that she knows, uh, saying that she chose to take up permanent residence in victim land. So I've got the actual quote, here of what she said after that, which was the promise of her life was squandered in a tragic series of cheap bargains rather than being redeemed through the difficult lifelong work of recovery and rebuilding oneself. Mm. Um, she then goes on to touch on future stints in rehab yeah. 
for Alison that Mariah actually paid for, but you can't help someone who doesn't realize that they're burning. Yeah. Um, again, you know, the, the burning metaphor being quite literal. Yeah. Um, she then touches on stories of Alison and Morgan, 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 oh, selling, Morgan. you know, stories on her, mm-hmm. continuing to burn her, putting her on the chopping block. And that just honestly, the, the, some, you know, the summary of this whole chapter is the sentence but when I was 12 years old, my sister drugged me with Valium, offered me a pinky nail full of cocaine, inflicted me with third degree burns and tried to sell me out to a pimp. Yeah. Which very much kind of pulls back to what I was talking about where, you know, oh, Alison and Morgan had it so bad. Mariah was the golden child who had everything. Yeah. And then you read that sentence and go, oh, fuck. Yeah. Because she's, it's almost like her saying, I'm acknowledging Alison and Morgan's difficulties and yeah. horror, you know, horrific things happen to them, but that does not erase this. Yeah, and look, you know, the and the, her, the terrible things that have been done to her uh, by both of them, you know, they've learned to do that. Yes, from having that done to them, yeah. and because well, I mean- because their parents weren't doing that to Mariah, they've gone. Well, it's our responsibility. I do think something I sort of... I might, I might have talked about this, I forget. When I... Early on in sort of my romantic life, mm. when I would have a have a breakup or something, I thought you had to fight and yell. No. You know, like if someone breaks up with you or you break up, that in order to move on, you know, there needs to be some kind of huge argument. Some cathartic um, screaming. And yelling and all of this sort of stuff. Um you can just scream and a song what, really loudly. Yeah. Sing No More Drama by Mary J. Blige. That'll get, that'll get you through it. <laughs> I, I mean, I certainly do that. Um, but to me, that was all I knew. That was that was normality, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't understand that you could just say, oh, that hurts and that sucks and I'm sad. And, yeah. And scream Mary J. Blige in your bedroom. But you don't actually have to scream at the person yeah. to move past it or to to get to the other side you can actually you don't get have to, to the have other side in other ways 24 7 drama no no more drama in my life thank you <laughs> um but yes this is where mariah sort of wraps up the chapter talking about why she's eternally 12 yeah. and saying that she's still struggling with that time and that's why she's in a lot of ways never moved past it yeah then we get you know the the, the last bit of the chapter is the song pedals which when you go back and listen to it after this chapter yeah it's very obvious that at the very least the first verse is about Alison um I've always thought Vanishing from the first album was about Alison as well okay possibly um but it does seem that there's other people that this song is about yeah um she calls someone Valentine and and there's a few other lyrics that don't seem to relate I think one of them is uh Tommy Mottola I think the middle, yeah. the second verse might be um, Tommy and, and she talks about a brother and a sister. Yeah. But a, a younger brother and sister. Yeah. So I'm wondering if we'll, I'm wondering if pedals will make... Several appearances. A, a sev- yes. So I'm curious if, and wondering if we'll get those stories in the book. Yeah. But yeah. But that brings us to... <laughs> How are you? Are you okay? Uh, no, I am. I think, uh, I don't, I mean... I think anyone reading this up to you don't quite know how to feel. No, it's like it's very, very. I'm fine. It's very like, raw and it's very uh, hard work, and it's, and you know, it's, it does explain a lot about the, you know, the constant rainbows and butterflies and the yeah. perfect Christmases. It's like 
yeah, you know, I am searching for a place that is not real because the place that is real to me is is not somewhere I want to live all the time. And I think a lot of what was so shocking about this chapter in particular was, number one, we hadn't had much Alison up until now, yeah. but also a lot of the previous chapters, as horrific as some of the things happening in them were, very few things were actually happening to Mariah. Yeah. It was happening around Mariah. She was affected by it, of mm. course, but it wasn't happening to her specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so to actually now, like I said, you, you're almost in her shoes. Mm. Um, up until now, you've been watching the chaos and now you're actually feeling the chaos. So yeah. I think the contrast of, you know, going from... Going from... Watching mar- to feeling. Well, yeah, what, what, <laughs> watching her sneak past someone with a shotgun to being fed Valium and... Yeah. And being dragged around and, and molested by a pimp at yeah. the age of 12. Like... And I mean, obviously, that doesn't take away from the the previous chapters no. at all. Um, it's it just feels more it's immediate. Just, I yeah, think. it's more visceral. There's like and yeah. like seriously, listening to her read this is like a, is really difficult. Like she is obviously these emotions are still quite raw. Like yeah. even though it's <laughs> four months, four ago. months ago. <laughs> Honestly, I think this chapter is going to stick with me for a bit. Yeah. And and I'm sure many other people as well. Probably, yeah, Mariah herself and and MAD, yes. our best friend. Um, are we ready for a little Mariah meatiness? Yes. Mm, Mariah meatiness. All right, so last week or last two weeks ago, uh, Light of My Life, uh, we both gave that Infinity. Mm -hmm. That was my first Infinity. And I'm just in real time checking the Lamley's votes because I accidentally um, put the hour to the wrong time. So so it is still going. But um, no, it does appear that the Lamley have uh, agreed with us at Infinity. There's a couple that gave it nine to ten and even a couple that gave it one to four, which surprised me. But oh, I guess there's no, nothing really agreements. about Mariah's songs. Oh, no, they just talked about Pavarotti singing Hero. <laughs> and she did sing The Art of Letting Go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the, the Lamley agree. And that brings us to this week with Dandelion Tea. I mean, for me personally, this is beyond infinity. Yeah. I've, like, if I gave infinity last week, this week was, uh, In- yes, beyond. Infinity and a half. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Fab? Uh, yeah, I'm going with Infinity Plus. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, of course, Lamley, you can vote for this on the Twitters. Yes. I will post that up during the week. So you can uh, let us know your thoughts on Dandelion. And we'll leave this up for two weeks because we all know it's the Christmas this week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, everyone's having festive occasions. It's the remix, the, the, the remix. Do you have anything from this week that you think you would have done differently or Mariah or anyone else in the there chapter? There are so many things. Like, where do you begin with the million and one things? And also, like, <laughs> the th- the choices Mariah made that I probably would not have, would have made differently. Like, okay. I probably would have done all the terrible things. Uh, uh, sure, okay. If they were, if they were offered to me. Um, and I did end up doing all the terrible things as I went through life. So... 
Yeah. Uh, like, I think Mariah is in a, an amazing place that she, even at 12, had the strength of will to go, yeah, not that, and not that, and not the other one. Uh, the main one, though, I will say is don't get in a car with someone who you only know through someone else. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> like, realistically, as a kid, like, you know, you're always told, don't get into cars with strangers. And. If Alison's boyfriend turns up without Alison, then you just go, oh, yeah, I'll just wait here for Alison. I'll take you to it. No, yeah. I'll wait But I think that's, that's what was so sinister about it is this is someone she liked, you know, who had up until this point treated her really well. Yeah, I know. So it's... I, I, I mean, well, also, this is what I wrote. there's a failure of parenting here. Like, what, oh, where's God. Patricia? Where where, yeah, it's not mentioned. Like, where, yeah. Um, my honestly, my under the remix, I wrote. I don't think there's anything you could do differently here. She survived. Yeah. That's all you could do, and that's the honest truth. Like she did all she could do yeah. in those moments at that age, and thankfully, it, yeah. Yeah, she's okay. Yeah, you know? she, <laughs> she got through it. Um, can take that away. Mariah's lesson Now how about a little can take that away Mariah's lesson What have you learned from Mariah Well I have learned and through my own experience That coffee table concerts are always applauded (laughs) (laughs) Sure there are times when you've had a couple of drinks too many And you think you're 12 and you might go through the coffee table. Uh, <laughs> they know you down at the coffee table section at Ikea. He's <laughs> back. Had another concert? Adam. I had another yes. concert. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so I went a little more on the serious side. I think that's just where I was at in this yeah, chapter. Yeah, it's really full of um, so what I took away from from Mariah was that recovery is a choice. Yes. Uh, that no matter what cards we're dealt, whether we're offered help or not, which to be very clear, Alison was offered help. Yes. Um, the only way to truly recover is to choose to do the work. You know, other people can help you, but it's up to you at the end of and the look, day. And some people just want to be a victim. But yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's very full on. There's a lot to it's take just away. Fun. I honestly, I feel like I don't know. Like for anyone listening, I I feel like even with everything we've discussed, you know, there's so much more that you could talk about. We've probably said things that aren't right, or, oh, or you, but, people but, won't agree. But with we're them. talking about our own experiences and exactly, our own reading yeah. of this text. So if you yeah. have uh, if you have something you want to contribute, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can get us on the socials at me. I am a memoir on the Instagram or. On Twitter or on Facebook or uh, me, I am a memoir at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you if this has affected you and you are upset, don't forget you can call any of the services wherever you are. In Australia, Lifeline is 13 11 14 if you need to talk to someone. Um, but there are plenty of places beyond blue, lots of places who will be able to talk to you. If, if this has triggered anything in you, like it is, and you know, like, I mean, look at you, Posh, you are living proof that there has been a lot of resonance for things in your own life. And I'm sure yeah. there are a lot of people who are going through the same thing going, whoa, this book has brought up a yeah. lot for me. Which I was quite shocked by as well, because, you know, it's one of those things, anytime you read something that affects you, it's not always exact. No. So, you know, to read that chapter is not to be my exact life at no. all. 
uh, nor would I compare it to Mariah's in a direct way. Mm. It's more just going, oh, you know, bringing up your own traumas or your own times where you have not felt safe with people that you should have felt safe with and things like that. Um, Speaking of not feeling safe, uh, mm. who do we not know? (laughs) Yes, that's exactly where I was going. I I literally wrote, I don't know anyone in this chapter. Yeah, I I was like, Alison and everyone that came with her. (laughs) Yeah. I think, honestly, the only person we know in this chapter is Mariah herself. Yeah. Everyone else, no idea. Yeah. Oh, there was the nice man who wrote down the details, or seemed to be taking the details of the the creepy pedophile yes. in the car next to it. We know him. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um, but I think that brings us to almost home. Thank God. Almost home. Happy <laughs> <laughs> end. Happy end of the podcast. Podcast baby. Almost there. Almost home. You could probably So we are going to be having a little Chrissy break. Yes, this has been um, this has been such a monumental episode. I think we need a few weeks to really yeah, yeah. get our heads around what's happened. Because we don't know. This could get worse. <laughs> like the next chapter. Um, so the next chapter we will do is Detangled and Swept Away. Mm-hmm. So it is one chapter, just to be clear. Yes. Um, and is this, is this the last will. chapter of Wayward Child? I believe maybe one no maybe the second last is it I can't remember let me double check oh no there are two more you are correct yeah Um, so we will have a little break over Christmas but there will be a bit of a festive special dropping on Christmas day yeah so keep an eye out for that we won't spoil it but But it's fairly obvious what it might be yeah Dum 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 Mr. Sandman. I'm glad you're singing public domain songs finally. That's why I switched. But yes, we will be diving into the next chapter, Detangled and Swept Away, in the new year. And we'll keep you updated on all of the socials. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Posh. And thank you, Lamely. And I hope you're okay after this. Oh, I'm fine. Thank you. All right. Big air kisses, darling. (laughs) Bye, (laughs) Lamely. Bye.